We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is episode number 1096 with Dan Locke. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Dave Ramsey said, you must gain control over your money or the lack of it will forever control you. And Dale Carnegie said, develop success from failures. Discouragement and failure are two of the surest stepping stones to success. My guest today is the king of closing himself, Dan Locke. And Dan's content has been viewed over 1 billion times for his expertise on achieving financial confidence. He's both a celebrity influencer, personal brand, and venture capitalist currently serving as the chairman of Dragon 100, the world's most exclusive advisory board for entrepreneurs who want to create generational wealth in the age of disruption. In this episode, we discuss the key differences between those who make money and those who don't, why you need to start developing your skill set today, how to develop self-belief and overcome self-doubt, how martial arts has taught Dan the keys to business success, how to close any negotiation in business and life, the most important factors of thriving in business and your relationships, and so much more. I love to ask people questions that they normally normally don't get and share things they normally don't share. And that is definitely something we did here today with Dan. He opens up on a lot of things that he normally doesn't talk about on his channel or his site anywhere. If you're inspired and you get value from this, make sure to share this episode with someone that you think would be inspired as well. You can copy and paste the link wherever you're listening to this right now, or you can use lewishouse.com slash 1096 and text that to a few friends or post it on your social media. And if this is your first time here, then welcome to the School of Greatness. Click that subscribe button right now on Apple Podcast or on Spotify. Leave us a rating and review and share with us the part of this episode that you found the most valuable from Dan. Okay, in just a moment, the one and only Dan Locke. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about my guest, Mr. Dan Locke, is in the house, the king of closing. My man, good to see you. My man, good to be here, and I'm excited. Let's unleash some greatness. Let's do it, baby. I'm curious because you had a, you had a number of failures as an entrepreneur, uh, many failed business attempts, which your failures were probably, uh, you know, other people's successes. So I want to caveat that for a minute that you probably succeeded, even though it was a failure to you. I didn't know how to make money until I turned 25. I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. I thought I'd be finding somewhere to be a part of a team and helping like build a mission with someone else. And I was really a team player as an athlete. I wasn't the quarterback. I wasn't the rah-rah leader. I was more like, throw me the ball. Let me make a play with the skills that I have. Let me do my thing. Yes. Let me do my thing. I don't want the pressure of being a leader and all that stuff in sports. But out of necessity, I needed to learn how to make money because of a number of instances in my life that occurred. I'm curious for people that have never thought of themselves as an entrepreneur, <clears throat> excuse me, who've never thought they were an entrepreneur, but they really want to be 
like myself. I didn't think I'd be, but I wanted to make some money. What advice would you give to starting out if they have no skills as an entrepreneur, if they've never made money before, they're not sure if they can even do it? What advice would you give? Should they even try? Or maybe are they not the right fit for that? This may not be a, a, a popular answer. Uh, I used to believe that entrepreneurs are may not born. But now I think as I'm a little bit older, a little bit more gray hair, a little bit more mature, I think for some of us, we are actually born to be an entrepreneur. That we want to do our own thing. It just, until some incidents happen, it didn't ignite that within us, right? Uh, I don't think entrepreneurs, you can uh, acquire certain entrepreneurial skills, but I think it's in our DNA. There are certain people, they just want to create, they want to innovate, they want to build something. Like it's in our personalities and our DNA, it's in our, in our blood. So I don't think that someone, if they just work harder, that they would become an entrepreneur. If you look at the kind of the, the small businesses, you know, uh, that you know, some say 90, some say 95% of small businesses fail in the first five years. You look at in, in this ain't take US example, right? 30 million businesses, only 4% ever exceed $1 million a year in revenue. So 96% of the businesses never get past that 4%, right? Never get past the 1 million revenue. So if you're 1 million in revenue, you're listening to this, you're watching this, you're already the top 4% of entrepreneurs. Wow. If you're doing 10 million a year, you're 0.4% of the entrepreneurs, 0.4%. So that's a tiny, tiny percentage. Just like, you know, brother, think about in athletic world, right? How many athletes could get to a certain level. That, yeah, it's like there's right? millions in the high school level, and then to get to college, it's 3%, and then it's, and it's exactly 3% of 3% to get to professional level. Yeah. yeah. So is, is it talent? Maybe. Is it just hard work? Maybe. But there's so many other factors. But I think it's they, they either have it or they don't. The difference is just the skill. Mm -hmm. And for me, I, I again, I didn't have it until a number of instances in my life mm. forged me to become one out of necessity, yeah, right. where I was like, I'm broke. Uh, you know, I have no money. I got to figure this out. And it was almost like it it made me be entrepreneurial out of necessity. Otherwise, I'd have been just as happy like, hey, someone else has got all the pressure and all the financial headache and yes. the stress of losing it all. Let me just catch the ball and score touchdowns. Mm, yes. You know, that's a, that's a fun job. You don't have to you just score big plays, you know. And then when I think entrepreneurship, it, it teaches us something about ourselves, right? Through this journey, we learn about our own weaknesses. We learn about who we are. We have to deal with a lot of like the inner demons, the inner conflicts, and and a lot of issues. Right? Even now, all of us people look at us and say, "Oh, you know, Lewis has no problem. Dan has no problems. Believe me, we have problems." Right? I did a five-hour therapy session this last weekend. There you go. Going into some dark stuff that I thought I'd already recovered and healed, but realized, oh, it's still coming up for me in a different area of my personal life. It manifests, right? And uh, it's it's important for me to always have coaches. I know you're always investing yes. in training and coaches and mentorship and yes. leadership around you to support you. What is the biggest demon that you still face today on the inner world that you have yet to fully overcome? Maybe you started working on it years ago, but uh, mm. it still comes up that dark shadow or whatever you want to call it still rears its head in situations, whether it be personal life or professional. Mm, ego. Ego. Uh, I say that our ego is not our amigo. <laughs> that uh, when we are, it's easy to, to say, hey, um, you know, we have accomplished, you know, a degree of success and we feel like, oh, we know it and, you know, we don't want to listen. We, 
but it's always having that beginner's mindset. I think ego. Uh, but ego is not just, it's not arrogance. It's our blind spots, our own biases, right? Where, well, this, I always know how, how closing works. I always know how marketing works. I don't know how leadership works. But you know, there are always new, new things that are coming down the pipeline. There are new things that we should learn. So I think ego, it's keeping that in check all the time. And what would you say is your biggest insecurity still? Even if you've overcome it, it's still a little bit there. My, I would say because, I mean, let's, let's look at it in, in terms of mainstream, right? That with what I do, there aren't many, if you call that influencer space, let's call it influencer space, or however we will define that space, uh, there are a lot, not a lot of um, Asian faces, right? It's just a fact. Like uh, you look at, I'm kind of the, the one guy that, Kind of got, you know made it quote unquote, but that's still it's still there, and I still face that. I mean, I remember in the beginning of of my uh, building my social media following, I could tell you like Lewis, the most of the hate and negative comments they are more leading towards racist type. Really? Comments. Yep, yep, yeah. Most of them. I think the first big yeah big chunk of it. It was just what, just saying stuff about your race, or it wasn't even race, commenting on the yeah. content. It was just yeah, Asian, Chinese. whatever. Yeah, not not the content. Yeah, but like that that kind of stuff. Yes. Interesting. How and I still face that. I still face that. In in some less, but I still face that. Would that does that affect you when you see that, or you just kind of just brush it off now? No, no. In in the beginning, it, it affected me a lot because it was like, oh, I'm 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 creating content. I'm building my followings. In, and because of, I'm also, as you know, my, my personality, I'm, I'm very direct, right? So, you know, it, it rubs people the wrong way, it could be. Not that I, I want to be rude, I just, that's me. I just, I'm, you're, that's, you're that's honest. my personality. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm just, yeah <laughs> it's just my personality. I don't, I don't. So, because of that, I think today it's less. It's like, there's a difference, right? In the beginning, it's like, who the hell are you? You know, who are you? And this and that. And it's like, and it's like, you're no good. And then when you are good, like when you are good enough that people can't deny that, then it's like, okay, they kind of accept that you're good. But there's still, there's still a little bit of that, like, hey. You know. So they'll, they'll try to find, they can't criticize your content, but they'll criticize no. your, Whatever. your ethnicity or, or, yeah, your it's hair or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I get Interesting. all that. Around baby face, I get all that. I mean, I, 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 now I laugh at it because some of them are quite creative. <laughs> They're actually quite funny. They are you quite know, funny, I have to say. It's interesting. I used to defend pretty much every negative comment and oh wow, um, I don't know, <laughs> negative review that I would get in my first few years, years ago. Yes. I would try to defend and get people to like me who were saying ne negative things about me. And I remember one of my coaches saw this uh, when I responded to some negative comment online, and he called me. He said, you're just giving these people your power. He's like, just say thank you for the feedback and move on. Or say nothing and move no. on. Because no. putting energy and attention into the 1% of people that are leaving nasty comments is not supporting your mission. Yeah. And, so, and, the, and the bigger yeah. the following, think about if we have, let's say, a million followers. Well, if 10% hating you, that's like 100,000 people. Like, if you think right. about putting 100,000 people in a stadium, that's a lot of people. That's, a lot. <laughs> that's just a lot of people, right? And we can't people, control right? how... And people don't hate us, they hate themselves anyway. Mm. Like, they, they, it's something that we say, something that we do, who we are, it triggers something within them. Mm. And the truth is, most haters actually don't know us. Like, they don't know you, they don't know me, they don't, they don't know us. 
they they came to the conclusions or they make a quick judgment based on a five second video. Like that's how they do it, mm-hmm. and that's all part of it. So it used to bother me, but now it's like no, I don't even yeah. spend time on that. Yeah, man. I'm curious about it. I want to talk about money for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think are three things that poor people do that the rich people don't do that you notice? I think first of all, pe- poor people have a negative association with money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll give you a perfect example. Some from 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 just last week, this has happened to me. Literally, like in real life, I was driving me, my wife, driving uh, the Bentley right to a to downtown in pass through a not so good neighborhood, kind of like it's called Hastings in Vancouver, kind of like the hood, okay? Because we're going to Chinatown. We stop in the red light. There's one guy that came to my car. Spit on my cop. No on, way. On yep, on the window, right? And then gave me the finger. Wow. And then walk away. So you didn't say so, you didn't say anything. You didn't do anything. You didn't. It was just that. It's just a cop. Just a mm. cop, right? Uh, so you would see a lot of people. They think, oh, they say, I want more money. Hey, Lewis, I want to have more success. I want to, I want to have more wealth. But deep down, actually, they have a negative association with money. Because I always do this exercise with my students. So imagine this. Imagine you're walking down the street. You hear this loud engine sound. Right? And then you see a, like a black Lamborghini just drives by. Right? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Now, most people would say, oh, he's an ass. Like, what a or If it's a woman, oh, she's a gold digger. Or if it's this young person, oh, this probably from, you know, the daddy's money. Like, all this stuff. Like, they can go through this very, very quickly, all the negative stuff, right? And then a small percentage would be, oh, that, that might be an entrepreneur, right? Or that may be actually a father of three, right? That he's a hardworking entrepreneur. He's been working hard, and this is a little treat that he gives for himself, and he only drives it, you know, maybe on the weekends. That never comes to mind. It's all the negative that comes to mind, right? right. So I would say that, Negative association with money, consciously or subconsciously, they don't even know it. Yeah, they when you resent it. when you resent someone with money or you resent money, why would money come to you? Or, or people with money. Right. Why right. why would why would you be surrounded by people who have money or why would you attract more wealth into your life if you're resenting it, right? Yeah, no. So they so, so it's like even the so that's the first thing is poor people have negative mm-hmm. association yep. with money. The second one is they don't talk about money. Gosh, I say this all the time, man. Tell me more. Yeah, they avoid conversations. Like it's like a taboo subject. Oh, why why you talk about money all the time? Like oh, we don't talk about. It's like we don't talk about that at dinner table. It's, you don't have conversation with your kids about money. You don't have conversation with your spouse about money. It's somehow it's a bad thing, right? It's like this. And, and think of think of money. The best way to describe this is think of money as an is, is a person in your life. Treat money as a person. So imagine if you think about <laughs> we don't talk about that person. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, we don't we don't talk about you. And in fact, I don't. I think you're the root of all evil. Ooh. I think you are greedy. I think you're not that important to me. Mm. What, do you think this person would stay around? I don't think so. Right? They would be like, I don't, I don't want to be around. But you know, my oh, money is not that important. Money doesn't grow on trees. Oh, there are other more important things than money, like all this stuff, right? then money is not going to stick around. So if you think of it that way, but on the other hand, if you talk about money, you cherish money, not to be a slave of money. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, hey, you know what? I value you. I value money. 
right? I save you. I, 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 I invest you, like, you know, intelligently, right? Like, you would think of it that way. The money's like, okay, you treat me good, I'm going to stay around. Yeah. Right? You think of like that as, a, as almost like a lover. I love you, right? Oh, yeah, that's good. I'm going to love you back. Yeah. Oh, I don't like you. You know, and I'm not going to like you back. So that would be the second one. Okay. And the third? The third one is, it has to do with value. So poor people want money without delivering more value. Versus you and I, we understand. The marketplace cares about one thing. It cares about value. It doesn't care about our solving stories. It doesn't care about our victim mentality. It doesn't care about how hard we work. It doesn't even care how much, how many, how much experience we have or how many years we in business. They don't, the marketplace doesn't care. The marketplace has no emotion. The marketplace only cares about value and what determines our value is our skill sets. So think about this, where if someone is very motivated, they think positively, but they've got no skill sets to offer to the marketplace, they're not going to make money. On the other hand, you've got someone with like, let's say someone comes to you, Lewis, it's like, okay attitude, but he's saying that, hey, Lewis, I can help you with a Facebook ad. I can, you can spend a dollar, I can give you five dollars back. If he has a skill set like that, you'll be like, okay, I'm going to give right. you some money to help me with right. my ads. Right? right, so it, it's it's the skill set I think a lot of people are missing. They don't understand that it's the mindset, which is what you teach, combined with your your skill set. Then you've got something that that works. So I would say those are the main key. key those key. are powerful. I'm curious about. I want to follow up on this skill set. There's a lot of people who have all the degrees and credibility in the world, mm -hmm. but don't have the self belief. Yes. Uh, so what is more important, skill set? actually being skilled at something, the, the ability to believe in yourself with the skill set and coupling the two, or the ability to package your skills to transfer for money in exchange. Because a lot of people can't position or package and then sell. They might have the skill set, they might have the belief and confidence, but they don't know how to package it to transfer money. Which one of those threes, the three are more important? I, I would say I used to believe is the mindset. But now I would say I'm leaning more towards a skill set, and, and I'll explain why. Because let's say, let's say, let's say you're a digital marketer. I'm going to use it as an example. You're a digital marketer. You don't really believe in yourself, but let's say you know how to close, you know how to communicate your value, and you're good at what you do. Well, and someone comes to you and say, hey, Lewis, you're so good at digital marketing. Let me give you 5000 a month retainer to do my social. Well, that changes your belief system very quickly, right? So yeah. I almost like to use that as an environment. It's like I teach all my students. If you have not made a dollar closing or you're not a made a dollar copywriting, whatever that you do, make the first dollar. Make, you make the that's, first that's dollar. The best, that's the best feeling, that first dollar, man. That first dollar, man. It's like, it's like podcast. Oh, you've never made a dollar. Um, any money from podcast, just make the first dollar. That's the difference. What's the difference between professional and amateur? Professional gets paid. Make your first dollar. Now it changes okay. Maybe I could do this. Maybe I'm pretty good. Maybe I could get better. Maybe I can do this full time. Maybe I can make a career out of this. Uh, it's easier to use the environment to shift our beliefs than try to change it just within ourselves. That's what I believe in. Like our environment is infinitely more powerful than our willpower. Way more powerful. Our environment in, in what way? If you don't want to be, if you want, if you want to get fit, hang around with people who are fit. Mm -hmm. You'll eat better. You will want to exercise. If you, you don't smoke, you hang around with all your friends as smokers, guarantee you, you will smoke. You don't do drugs, you hang around with people who do drugs, you do drugs. 
we can help by influence by the environment. So I say, why not put ourselves in an environment that is supportive of our goals? I'm very, very careful with that, very careful. Mm. Yeah, and I say the same thing. This uh, idea of entrepreneurship has been a sexy, uh, you know, uh, word and <laughs> and uh, idea, especially in the last five years with social yeah. media and everyone kind of flashing this lifestyle. Yeah. Gary Vee, you know, talking about it a lot and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you know, it's it's hard for a lot of entrepreneurs to to make a lot of money and 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 sustain it. It's hard to get there, but then it's hard to sustain it for a while. When a pandemic hits or something else, people aren't prepared for that. Do you think it's possible for people who who will have great skills, who are part of a great team, of a great company, that never want to start their own thing and be an entrepreneur, but are are valued, are part of a team, are growing with a company, a part, mm. making an impact in this company yes. and the mission that yeah. they have. Do you think it's possible for people that aren't entrepreneurs to become wealthy? And if so, what are the strategies they need to be applying right now in order to start having their money work for them as opposed to only working for money? One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until the Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. I I love that question. I've never been asked that question, and I have a very good answer. Uh, One thing I've learned from from my mentor, he said, Dan, you you don't get rich on income, you get rich on equity. You don't get rich on income. So if for someone with the skill sets, think about a, 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 a ship, right? There's only one captain. We're going from here to there. So you look at, look at Jack Ma who started Alibaba. Yeah, Jack Ma is very successful. Well, but the, the, the initial founders, they didn't do too, too bad either, right? right? So you, you, have, you have the people who maybe you are the founding members, the founding team with a 
startup that is going places with the right visionary, with the right founder and CEO, which by the way, that's also, I think only certain people fit that profile. That's what I believe in. Okay, that's what I believe in. And I learned that from through Culture Index, which is like a, uh, a survey that people take to see what personality that fits. So only certain people are fit for their CEO profiles. But everybody else, they can still contribute. And if they have equity, they participate. They can still do very well financially. In fact, it's like if naturally they know they're not the CEO personalities or materials, if they just try to be that, it doesn't work anyway. It just doesn't work. But it doesn't mean they're not valued. Yeah. I mean, to me, I play a role in my company because I have a certain skill set, right? But I cannot do what I do better than what, like my team, they have certain skill sets that are way better than me. Like just this morning, we had, we had a technical challenge. It's like, I, I, my team could fix it. I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> I, I just we're, we're trying to set up Zoom before this, yeah. Yeah, like I'm like, I, I have no idea. I like, I have no, I, I, no joke aside, I actually don't know how to turn on the camera. There you go. <laughs> I, I literally do not how to turn, I don't know what the button is. You know how to do the iPhone though, so that's easy. That's easy. I, I can handle that, but like this, the XD stuff, I, I cannot handle. So wh what I'm saying is, you, you look at that, that if they are, they participate in a, in, a, in a vehicle, in a good market that's growing, trending, and if they can be part of their founding members, they can get equity early on, they could do very well. And what if they can't get equity or they're not early on and they join a that team after that, 100 employees and it's... And not as good. So it gets the timing of it, right? The timing of it is it, you want it to be too early, higher risk, too late, that means you don't get as much upside. And also depends on your skill set, right? What, what's the skills that you bring to the table? But they could, they could do very well. Just, I, it's called entrepreneurship, right? Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurship, yeah. And what are some things that people could do if they say, oh, that's not me, but I'm making a good salary and I'm going to be making more money, what could I be doing with my money so that it earns me more? What would you suggest? Every one of us needs to be an investor. doesn't matter how we make the money. I teach a concept called the wealth triangle, right, which has kind of got three parts. The first part is what I call high income skills. And high incomes, I define high income skills as skills that could make you more than $10,000 a month. Okay, $10,000 a month. Because I noticed something about human beings, whenever we get past that six-figure mark annually, something shifts that I rarely see someone go past six-figure and go back to 50000 a year. Mm. It becomes a new comfort. It's, a very, it's like you know how to, once you know how to get there, you could stay mm, there. Mm, yeah. it, becomes, it becomes a very, it's a fascinating thing to see. So I think that 10000 a month, $120,000 a year, high-income skills. And then the second part is what I call a scalable business. A scalable business, not just any business, but a business that is scalable, such as a, a software business, an influencer business, right? e-com business, a scalable business. And then you have what I call high, high return investments. And I define high return investments as investments that would give you a 10% return year in and year out, 10% return or more. So you, so you look at this wealth triangle. Now, here's, here's the thing. If you have high income skills, you're already earning income. Your scalable business gives you profits and your high return investment builds your net worth, right? Wealthy people talk about net worth. They don't talk about income, right? They talk about net worth. So you look at this. Now, let me ask you this question, Lewis. If someone who is like, I'm making $30,000 a year, I want to get into some real estate stuff. You're like, mm, do you don't you have, have money to put skills? into it, yeah. Yeah, do you have high income skills? No. Do you have a scalable business? No. 
I want to buy some properties with no money down. Kind of risky. Kind of risky, right? Because if you follow this, the first thing you've got to focus on is, is increase your income, meaning develop skill sets that the marketplace would value. Do that first. Now, with a scalable business, you can start one or you can also invest in one. It doesn't always mean you have to start one. So you can invest in one, that throws, throws off profits, and then you've got your, uh, your high return investments. See, when it comes to high return investments, it's about the preservation of the capital. It's not about getting the maximum return. We, we, it's almost, we, don't, we don't need it to, to get 50%, I just want 10%. Because I'm making money with these two things. Right. This, I just you just want, don't, you just don't want that sitting in a bank and not making anything. That's right. That's right. So now the return off capital, off investment, not just on investment, now you're making more income. You're, you're becoming more valuable. Hopefully, your income increases every year. Your profit goes up. You take extra cash. You put in high return investments. Gives you more peace of mind. Then you, you, this is the this is same, same wealth triangle. Goes a million, 10 million, 100 million. Exactly the same. Yeah. It's exactly the same. If you're, uh, if you're looking at a 21-year-old, 25-year-old who's about to get started in whatever, a job, an entrepreneurship uh, endeavor, and you're looking at them and you have a 20-minute conversation with them, what would you say is the number one sign that they would be successful? What would they have to embody, talk about, not talk about, uh, you know, in order for you to be like, you know what, this person is in the next two, three years, I want to watch them because it's going to be a trajectory or at least they're going to be growing in some way. What would be that sign that someone would be successful? Someone who has a, uh, who has the obsession to learn, to learn. Because I remember many years ago, uh, I was attending a, a, a two-day workshop on digital marketing. Right? At the time, it's funny, don't laugh at me, but it was uh, a workshop and the instructor was teaching how to do pop-up on a website. Like, we're talking many, many years ago when it was a big thing, adding a pop-up, right? And I remember day one, he taught us, okay, if you want to get more opt-in subscribers, add a pop-up to your website and this is how you do it. Okay, great. And so it's a few hundred of us, few hundred of us in, in, in the hotel room. So then I went back to the hotel room and, and I talked to my coding guy. I said, okay, let's add this piece of code. We'll capture more opt-in on the website. Great, right? And then we were getting more opt-ins, like just that evening. So day two, the instructor comes back and say, hey, so we, I taught you how to add opt-in and stuff. How many players have you done it? No one. <laughs> I put up my hand. I, said, I, th I thought everybody did it, but no one did. And I was like, this is kind of fascinating. Right? And then I share, I said, I said yeah, actually works. As we added on, added the power yesterday, we get more subscribers, it's awesome. And that's when I learned something about myself that, that I'm very eager to learn, I'm very eager to, to execute. Very eager to execute. And if I want to look at someone who's 21 years old, if they, whatever that they, wherever they want to be, if they have that obsession to learn and execute. The action takers, action takers are money makers, right? Uh, that that I would say you, you could you could see it in his or her eyes that they are they are they are action takers not like I'm oh, making excuses I don't know I'm not ready timing is not right I'm not good enough and no they just they just execute yeah I think uh, it's not about being afraid it's about just being willing to take action even when you don't know what you're doing I think a lot of people they don't know what they're doing and it cripples them. And they say, oh, I've got to figure out what to do first. And then when I feel comfortable, then I can go do it. 
But I feel like when you're talking about it, it's like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, I just need to make some money. Let me go figure this out and embarrass myself and make mistakes and make a couple bucks. I say that you want to act as if all your dreams have come true and then you challenge the reality to catch up. It's much more powerful when you act as you're already there. Think about this. Right? I'm going to ask you this. Think when you had the idea for the podcast, that not 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 this not the Lewis House today. I'm talking about in the beginning, right? right? Not 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 the followers that like in the beginning. At the time, there, there's no credibility. There's no you were just getting started. There's no name, right? It's like you, you try to get people on the show. Well, I don't know if I want to be right. All that stuff. But now people are honored to be like they would be like they would knock on your doors. Hey, Lewis, can I be on your show, right? But think about all these years. In the very beginning, at least from my observation, and correct me if this is, this is wrong, I saw that you were already acting as, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm a brand. I'm going to, my show is going to have tens of millions, hundreds of millions of downloads. Absolutely. So yeah, and I, I, started I started investing in my, my design and my brand to be yes. like, what is the example that I would want to look at yes. if I would book this person, if I would go on their show, if Oprah would call me, or if Ellen would call me, what would I need to look like? And Ellen and, did call you. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, there what, you would, go. what would I need to look like to be a New York Times bestseller before I wrote a New York Times bestseller? Like, what would the branding need to be? What would the, the messaging need to be? What would the results need to be in order to get yeah. there? And I just started acting as, uh, with that vision in mind. Um, and it kind of goes into this, segues into the law of attraction, which um, I'm curious your thoughts on the law of attraction when it comes to manifesting money, when it comes to manifesting your dreams, manifesting goals, the dream partner, uh, whatever it may be for someone, in your opinion, how does the law of attraction work and in what way does it work best for money, business, health, relationships? Wh what do you, what do you feel? I'm a very strong believer in law of attraction. I made a video on YouTube about this as well. But law of attraction is basically thoughts of things, right? Everything is energy. And you become what you think about. Essentially, that's what it means. But that's just one of the laws. You have law of gravity. You have, you have laws of cause and effect. I think what, whatever we do, we need to learn and understand these other laws exist. Law of action. So it's not just law of attraction. It's like you're trying to do a math equation. You only know a plus. But there's minus. There's equal sign. There's there's a lot of things that bracket. There are a lot of things you could use to to make a, a equation work. But that oh, I only know a plus sign. So when you've got it's like when you you've got a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? And people just utilize that, and they don't they don't look at everything else. So I believe in it. I believe in having the vision board, but also believe in having other things like where you think about even the law of realism. Right? Even the law of cause and effect, the, all these things. So, yes, I believe in it, but it's just one. It's like, think of it, it's like one or two percent of the equation. Yeah. But how, then it's the rest of the, the equations. How, how have you seen it work for your uh, life or business, the law of attraction? So, perfect example. Many years ago, I had a dream of getting my first. I was young, 20 somewhat years old. Right? One of my dream car was at the. A couple years ago? Couple years a couple ago, years 20, ago, 20, <laughs> couple years ago. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I hope I stay young then, <laughs> like you know, like that. Uh, but what was my dream car? I was driving the Master uh, Three at the time, the hatchback, 
my dream was to get a, a Master RX-8, like the rotary engine. Young guy, I want to get a sports, my first sports car. That was, so I had that on my vision board. Like I cut out the poster like from an ad, and I would look at it every, every day in front of me. And then what I would do is I would go to dealerships and test drive the car, okay? And I would go to different dealerships because you don't want to go to back the same dealership to kick you out, right? <laughs> you know, so I got to go to different dealerships. And I would drive the car and I would visualize what is it like to drive the car. So I would visualize I'm, I'm in the car, I turn on the, the, the ignition, I can hear the, mm, the engine. I, I know the, I can smell the leather, I know the color of the red, like everything. I know, I know exactly what I want. And I pictured so many times. And I test drove it so many times. So here's what happens. When I made enough money, I went to the dealership. I said, I want the RX-8. These are the features, and these are what I want. And the sales guy was like, well, you know, Mr. Locke, let me take you to a test drive. And all I said, I don't need that. Well, let me talk about the features. I don't need that. I don't need any of that. So I said, let's do the paperwork. He said, it's the fastest clothes he's ever done. He's never sold a car this fast. You knew exactly what you wanted. I know exactly, because I've seen it a gazillion times in my mind. So here's what's fascinating. I got the key, I did get paperwork, right? I drove the car off the, pick up the car, off the parking lot. They happen to have the model right there. I drove off the, 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 the parking lot of dealership. And Lewis, guess how I felt? The exact same you thought beforehand. Calm. Yeah, the exact same before when you were imagining it in your mind. That's exactly like, because it's like, like, my you mind, to, like, like you were supposed to be there. Yeah, it's already in my car. Mm-hmm. And I was actually months ago talking to my friend when I saw like the RX-8 people, like uh, a car drove by. I said, oh, that's my car. And my friend just laughed at me. He said, oh, that's not your car, Dan. So I said, that's my car. <laughs> like, it's I'm just, not lying. It's just in my mind. It's my car. It's done. Like, it's done. It, has, it just hasn't got to me yet. It just hasn't got to me yet. Now I've got the key. I drove it home. I pocket. I didn't feel a thing because it's already done in my mind. Yeah. And I did, that's one example, but I did it so many times in my life. YouTube channel, when I started my YouTube channel, you know what my wife Jenny said? He's exact. She said, who's going to watch this shit? <laughs> wow. My, seriously, she says, who's going to watch this shit? Who wants to watch you? <laughs> she sees you every day, so she's like, who wants to watch yeah, this she's, shit? she's teasing. She's teasing. Who's watch you? <laughs> you know? and, and I said, no, you don't understand. I said, I'm going to build my YouTube channel. Who are like no? It's it's saturated. It's not gonna work. Yeah. So listen to me. I'm gonna get my first uh, silver button. Hundred thousand. Yeah. Hundred thousand. I, I I cut out the hun, uh, the silver thing right. Uh, put it on my wall vision board. I said I'm gonna get that. And then when I hit it, my wife is like, ah, that's it, man. Like I'm gonna get to the one million, you know, subs. She's like, nah. Who's gonna say who's gonna watch this? Shit? <laughs> you know. And I had that goal, and the same thing happened again and again and again and again in my life. So now I have the new vision. I want to build a unicorn, right? A, a tech empire. Mm. I do exactly the same thing. I have my vision, I know, and then now I'm attracting the people that can help me do that. Like now I'm looking at deals. I bought a couple of deals already, like going to that direction. So I act as if I'm already there. Mm. then everything else falls into play. The people, the context, the relationships, the capital. They just Skills, come. everything, yeah. They just come. What's the amount of money that, maybe it doesn't scare you, but let's just hypothetically, let's, what's the amount of money that you're like, man, I don't have that yet, mm. but that's a, that's a big number that maybe your billionaire friends have or whatever. You're like, gosh, that's a, a big number, and it's not in my net worth yet, but yeah. what is that number that scares you? 
A billion. A billion. A billion. Yeah. What do you think it would take for you to get there in the next three years? It would take me to do something quite very different from what I'm doing now. Um, I remember when I was making six-figure income as a, as a copywriter, like yeah, twenty-somewhat years old. I mean, that's good, like six-figure. It's great money. When I, yeah, like it's good money. I'm, I was happy, but then I knew, in order to transition to the next level, I had to let go what I have. You know, like what what got you here won't get you there. So I actually I fired all my copywriting clients overnight. One night, I said all gone. I'm gonna focus on developing my own like online business. Like, and I did it probably a few times in my career. Every single time I have to reinvent myself, I have to let go of what works. See, it's what's difficult. You have to let go of what works. So my biggest strength right now, what I have, is my social media presence. That's not going to get me to the B. Really? Nope. Grant's getting pretty close. Yeah, what, raising capital. That's with the, if it's just like influencer, right? Right, right. I think he raised like $500 million, I think, from his- That's good. Social- That's a great model. Yeah. That's a great model, right? And something to emulate, but I might do it in software though, right? Mm. So that's the only difference. Right. So I know it's not doing this. It's leveraging this could be okay, but I need to change what I do to get to that. You need to let go of something. You can't make YouTube videos all day yeah. and expect yourself to get to a billion unless you're and Mr. The, Beast. I know, I, I, yeah, and then the business cannot be just about like the, just me. It needs to be something. You got to scale me. yourself. Yeah. Gosh, isn't that interesting? The thing that like is allowing us to build and generate more wealth and revenue and opportunities is the so, personal so, brand, but yeah. it's going to have to like separate some or scale around, right? And, and so what the, 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 it's like this. My biggest strength is, my biggest skills is my ability to close. But if I only I could close and my team can close, I can't scale. You can't do it. So, so I need to have a closing team. So my biggest strength, once I get to the next stage, becomes my biggest bottleneck. In the same here, my biggest strength that got me to here will become my biggest bottleneck to go to the next level. Mm. So I, I'm aware of that, and I'm already saying, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to shift in order to get there? And, and I'm okay. I'm totally okay with that. If you had hypothetical mm. scenario, uh, someone came to you and said, you know, I'm going <laughs> to – I get a little morbid at times, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot you in your head and your yeah. entire – everyone you love and everyone you know that you care about. Uh, in three years, if you don't reach a billion dollar uh, net worth, what would you, what would change your mind now to let go of certain things? Like, what would you do in the moment from now into those three years in order to make sure that happened? Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until that presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. 
If you had to, obviously you can take as long as you want, but if it had to be in three I, years, I would, I would probably, I'm already doing it, but I would speed up the 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 pace of me letting go of of things, the current operation, right, with the transition, and I would focus a hundred percent on the just acquisition investment side, because that's the only way to get there from my from my perspective. Acquisition meaning uh, acquiring Acquire, software companies that you can then acquiring feed. companies, yeah. yeah, and then put a group, and then you, and you go from there. Interesting. Yeah. So you're already doing it. Doing you're already doing it, but you would just, if you had a gun to your head, you'd do it faster. <laughs> I'll do it faster. I would do it faster. Interesting. Yeah. What do you think is your biggest fear over the next five to ten years as you go for the billion-dollar mark and beyond and everything else you want to do? Hmm. Not so much the fear of business, the fear of like, or, or like, life stuff. I don't think I have a lot of that. Uh, where I think I also managed to balance quite good. Not a whole lot, not, not a whole lot of fears because I'm not attached. It's not like I got to get in three years, four years, five years. I, I don't really care about that. It's a challenge, as you know. It's more the hey, I set the goal. Can I get there? What would who who do I have to be to get there? Uh, but it's also a little bit like, can I do it? Like, what's my potential? Like, I thought, I think I could, but mm. could I do it? It's like YouTube. Well, you know, I think I could hit a million, <laughs> but I actually do it okay. I could, but can I get to the next level? It's more like that. Yeah. How does someone overcome the uh, identity of imposter syndrome once uh, they've reached the six-figure mark of copywriting? And, oh, but how mm -hmm. could I get to half a million or a million? I'm not... I could never do that, or I could never get to ten million, or hundred million, or a billion. How do we overcome that identity of imposter syndrome that so many of us put on ourselves in the transition of life? I'll, I'll share with you what works for me. It's it's uh, it's interesting because when I was uh, making six figure, my mentor Alan, my first mentor, he invited me to invited me to a mastermind group. Okay, and it was like five six guys, and I was the youngest guy. Like I was young, and all these guys are like millionaires, successful business guys, way older than me. And I, I felt, you want to talk about imposter syndrome. I felt like, well, I don't belong here. I, I, like I'm young, I'm not experienced. My business is only a few hundred K. Like I, sh I, like I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. So I would be like, a, like almost like a mouse. I wouldn't speak. I would just take notes and, and they would talk and all that. And after a while, I was like, something clicked in me. I started taking notes. I started hearing the problems. I see how they solve problems. And just one day, it clicked for me. These guys are just like me. Mm. They're not 10 times smarter. They don't work 10 times harder. They're just like me. And when I had that shift, suddenly the imposter syndrome disappears. Now I'm more vocal and I'm sharing. I'm like, oh, Dan's got a good idea. Like, I'm sharing. And they naturally pull me up. They're natural. And now before you know, now looking back, who I, not today, looking back, that mastermind group, the very first mastermind group I belonged to, those guys, and they were still friends, by the way, after all these years. They're still good friends. What they have done in business, now looking back today, right, I'm looking at, okay, wow, like that to me now is a small business, right? So the same thing here, I'm looking at that next level, hang around with people at that level, and something we click for you is like, you know what? They're smart, but they're just people. Right. There's, there's nothing they can do that I cannot do. Right. right? It's just like you've met billionaires. You're, you've met a number of them. 
Like, what are your thoughts? You see them at first, like, oh, maybe they are like super crazy intelligent, right? But after you, after you, you hang out with them, what are your thoughts? Uh, they all have fears and doubts, and mm-hmm. they a lot of them are much older, and so they have a lot more time to be able to get there. And so I'm just like, okay, they, they've had time to to get to where they are, and they always, you always have something that most of them don't if they're much older than you, and that is you have time. Yeah. They they have more money, you have more time, and they, from what I've noticed, they almost admire the ability to be kind and curious about their success. They admire and appreciate the curiosity that someone can bring to them because they want to, they want to be able to share their story, their success, their, 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 their skills. They want to be able to give it back. Like you said. So I think when you, when I uh, come from a place of just gratitude and, and curiosity, I recognize, okay, these are usually older, older individuals who are 20, 30, 40 years older than me. And, they don't have the time, you know, honestly, I could die tomorrow, but they don't have the, the youth like I do. And uh, there's a there's a mutual respect in the sense that, okay, I'm hungry. I'm going after something. They've done it. And as long as I have humility, uh, they usually open up their fears and insecurities just like that I might have. Yes. And do you find that, do they, do they, are they like, have three arms and four legs. Are they, do they have 10 times more IQ? Right? No, they, oh. they, they all had challenges and adversity they had to overcome. And they all and usually to, they they are they do very well in one sector, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they all kind of talk about what you said. They had to let go of something that was working at some point and reinvent to get to the next level. Yes. And um, and, and always be scaling up their thinking, not yes. holding on to old beliefs, but like scaling up to new thoughts, new processes. Um, and it's always been about a team of people. Mm-hmm. You know, they never did it alone. Most of them, you know, they had bigger companies with thousands of employees or hundreds of employees to get there. So it's it's not about, whereas probably me and you in the beginning in our 20s was all about how can we develop a skill and do it on our own. Yes. And that can only take you to so far. That becomes a bottleneck, right? Exactly, exactly. So it's exactly that. That I think that's how we kind of eliminate or cure that imposter syndrome. When you hang around with people like that, you oh, they're just like me. They, they have their doubts, they have their fears, they have their struggles. Okay, like it's normal. And once we normalize it, then it's like, okay, I could see what are they doing? What are the models? How, what's their views of the world? I want, to take, I want to learn that. How they see the world, how they make decisions. And the more we do, then we'll, we'll get closer and closer. It's, it's, I got this from when people look at, like let's say in our world, the influencer space, right? You have the, the friends, the colleagues we hang out with, right? We all know Right? That's, that's who we hang out with. And we've been hanging out in here for a long time, right? When I joined YPO, when I hang around with executive CEOs of like massive companies, like when I have these two worlds collide, first of all, they don't know each other. In fact, it, they don't even speak the same language. It's like it's speaking two different languages. And I noticed this is fascinating. I'm kind of in the middle, like two worlds collide. Right? I see the finance, I see what they do, I see the I see like the leadership, the management. I see the marketing, the, the creativity, the innovation from here. Like I see these, I'm like, this is powerful. And I kind of take both worlds. I'm like, what if this, this world knows more about this world, which they don't, and this world knows more about this world, wouldn't that be more effective? And I could see the potential of, of that to be able to do that. 
taking something, a product, but you infuse it with digital marketing, branding, social media, how powerful that would be. But, but they don't talk to each other. So I see an opportunities there. That's how I see it. If I can marry the two and then do something from there. You've been around a lot of wealthy people. Uh, what would you say are the three best habits of wealthy, rich individuals? The myth that wealthy people are greedy, the, the wealthier they are, almost all of them, almost all of them, they are the happiest, most humble, and kindest people I have met. I've never been by people in this. I have been a lot by people in like with no money. Right. <laughs> right? Like, seriously, these guys, they don't need to. So they are like a just they they are nice they are kind. Uh, one of my one of my one of my right hand Desmond. He lives in West Van, which is their wealthy neighborhood, right? He was just looking at the houses, and then a guy comes in. He was talking with the guy, just chit chatting, and the guy invites very wealthy. Like we're talking twenty million dollar mansions, right? The guy invites him. Hey, let me give you a tour of the house. Let me like you know, let me have a drink. Like it's like these are good people. It's it's incredible. Uh, and so I think first one is they're actually very humble. They're actually not like, oh yeah, I know everything. No, they're like, oh. if they have this this curiosity about them, they're like, they they they, they want to learn something. Oh, tell me a little bit more. You do. Oh, that's interesting. They they have this curiosity thing about them. They always want to learn more. Beginner's mind. Beginner's mind. Even they know they maybe they're very good at what they do, but they know like, oh, I don't know that. Tell, tell me more about that. How do you do, how do you do the podcast? What does that work? Like. I remember one time I had lunch with a dinner, dinner with someone who has had like 20 exits, 20 exits of company. Mm. Very successful guy, okay? And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to pick his brain. It's going to be great. I learned a lot. You know, Lewis, he, he joined the meeting, like just you, you and I. The first thing he pulled out is a notebook. Mm. He wants to ask me how I do things to take notes. I'm like, no wonder he's successful. Mm. No wonder he's it's incredible. So humble, curiosity, right? And okay. the second thing is they think big. Yeah. They don't think about measly little problems. They think about <laughs> how to solve, like, you solve what? A friend of mine who is the landlord of this building that we're in, uh, he's, he has a company, a public company, that sells uh, solo windows. So you put these... Uh, Windows on your on uh, like uh, this panel on your windows, it, it's invisible, but it can it can capture solar turn, invisible window. Yeah, like so you can you turn into electricity, right? So he's working on stuff like that. He wants yeah, I want to put like I want to put this in all the buildings in North America. Like crazy, you know they think about stuff like that, right? He also has a company that's developed like um, skin repair like kind of stuff. Like it's some crazy crazy things that he's into, and I'm like. I'm not thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, right? okay. So they think, they think big. They think big. Okay, the third, big. third best um, habit. And, and the third is they always, what you just said, they always put their people first. They never say, I did it. It's my team. It's this. It's, it's, you know, they're very, very, they're very, they're very it, it's one thing I learned from them, and he taught, they taught me this. Don't use the word I. Just use we. They say a certain project went well. It's not my YouTube channel. It's our YouTube channel. Right? It's not my project. It's our project. We did it. 
So I, from a leadership perspective, I learned to eliminate the word of I did it, it's just we. Even if I finish a speaking gig, we finish a speaking gig. Right? It's not I finish a speaking gig or I was on. No, we, we, the team is excited. It's like we, we are going on Lewis House podcast. Oh, great. Oh, that was awesome. Like the, the, the chat is blowing up, right? It's not, oh, <laughs> me, I'm going into Lewis. No, no, it's we. So I think those are the three things. Hmm. What do you believe is your greatest leadership quality and your weakest leadership quality? My, I'll talk about the weakest first. My weakest leadership quality is I trust people too much too quick. And that has cost me tens of millions of dollars. No joke, tens of millions of dollars. Uh, A lot of the people problems that we have last year and i'm transparent like last year i like i lay off a lot of people from the, from the company too that because i was trusting them oh yeah i think they would do a good job and i don't check so that so does that mean like a lack of training or proper onboard training to make sure that everything's up to what you your standard not even training it's uh, i sh- i should have delegate a little bit more systematically not like hey here you go like there you go here's what it is and I don't go back and check. So check the work. Yeah, check the work, the quality control, and see if actually is it the right person in the right seat. Mm-hmm. I thought they have a good attitude. That's cool. That's great. So it's like people say, uh, uh, hire for attitude and train for skills. No, I, I don't believe in that anymore. I said you better hire for skills. You, you you want someone with who's done it, who come in with skills. Because if they come in with no skills, chances are you're paying for the education. Yeah. So I would, I would, let's say if I want someone to grow my podcast, I want someone who's, who's built, like who's done that. Who's already done it. Yeah. Who's already done it. Like, oh, I work with so-and-so, I work with so-and-so. I grew the podcast to this, this many million downloads. Okay. You're hired. I want to, I would say. The the challenge that I've found, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you found something different. The challenge I've found is when, uh, it's almost like you have to hire for skills and attitude because yes, I've had yes. some people come in great qualifications, skilled, yes. do an amazing yes. job, yes. but in a sense, not the right culture fit and yes. drag, you know, pulling some people away from the vision or whatever it may be. So it's like yes. you need both, which is hard yes. to find. Hard to find. Hard to find. And it's, I, I don't even want to use the word attitude because it's, it's not exactly accurate. It's the skills that fits the culture. Because when they come in, if they can be molded a bit, then it works. Some people think you cannot even do that. They just yeah. can't. It just doesn't fit. It's like it's possible to fit into the culture. I'm not looking for like fits like a glove they want. <laughs> like perfect, but it's, hey, yeah. it's good enough. Good, yeah. It's good enough. It's like, you know, get to know us. We work together. You know, we, we'll get along. Right? It's, sure, it's sure. It's okay. Bad. Yeah, I would say so. And your um, greatest, my, greatest quality? I can coach. I am very... In my opinion, I'm good at looking at people's talent and how to bring it out of them because I'm a mentor to so many. So I could take someone who's, mm, but I, I, can, I can groom them. So that, that, and I've done it for so many. So I could see, and I could probably see it better than they could see it for themselves. I always have someone, a young guy come in and say that he totally lost. I said, with your talent, your personality, you should focus on copywriting or you should focus on this. Like, I, I'm very good with that. I would think that that would be my biggest skill. And how do you think we can develop the skill of self-belief more? I think a lot of people 
don't accomplish what they want because they doubt themselves so much that they don't take the actions that are required to accomplish what you want. What do you think we can do to build more self-belief and overcome the doubt that the conversation's in our head? It's the... It's not just self-belief. I think it's self-esteem. And it's, self, and it's not self-confidence. They're, they're two different things. So the self-esteem where most people actually have low self-esteem because of the way that we were brought up for most of us, right? We don't have, have high self-esteem. So, and we, when we don't have high self-esteem, we go into any scenario, anything that we do, want to start a career in business, we go in with the mindset of, oh, I don't know if it's going to work, uh, maybe it doesn't work, what if it doesn't work? Right, then what I'm going to do, right? Like, all these things that's in our head. And personally, I found the best way for me personally, at least to do it, is to get small wins. I need to recondition my mind to believe. I know my mind doesn't believe. It's like my mind is very skeptical. We all have this survival brain, right? The crocodile brain is skeptical. Like, oh, I want to get, you know, I want to make a million. I want to make 10 million. I want to get a million subscribers. I want to get a million downloads, podcasts, whatever it might be, right? Well, if we set that goal, and that's good, but it's like, well, how am I going to get there? Well, let's get your first download. Let's get your first 10 downloads. The first hundred downloads. Like I need, it's almost, I need that validations to strengthen my belief. So then I strategically, how can they create those validations to strengthen my belief? So it's like playing a mind game with yourself. It's quite fascinating, right? How do I trick my brain to believe that I can do this? In other words, right? right so how can I bench press like, you know, 200 pounds? I can't do that. Oh, let's do, let's do 50. Right? Oh, now I can do 60. Oh, maybe I can do 70. Who knows? Oh, my friend can do 180. What the hell? Maybe I can do 100, right? It's this kind of tricks that we play, and I love to do that because over the years, it's worked so well for me. So I want to have those wins. It's not, if I cannot bench press 150, I'm a failure. Now we never start, right? And we don't take the time to acknowledge ourselves and say, 50 is good. It's good, right? Like, good. Right. Give yourself a pen in the back. Then do once, then do a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Yeah. How do you uh, show up in life without comparing yourself to where everyone else is at? You know, where your friends are at, your successful entrepreneur friends, uh, or people who are certain, you know, have a six pack, whatever it is. How do you develop the small wins, but not be like, ah, but I'll never be like that, or that person's got so much more money, or whatever? I am very competitive, and this used to bother me a lot. It's like a feel for me. Like it's the competitive. As as an athlete, you get it, right? It's like, yeah, like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna, you, you need you need almost like a target. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna beat that. I'm gonna be be better. Like, um, and I found that works to a degree as as a motivation and your feel, but it's actually it's like diesel. It's not very healthy. It works, <laughs> but it's not very healthy. Versus right. electricity, right? It'll get you there, it, but it's not yeah, clean. It's, yeah. it's not clean. It's not clean energy. It truly is not clean energy. And but it would be like it's sometimes. How many of us want to become more successful because it, we want to prove somebody wrong, right? Or parents. That was me my whole childhood. Right? <laughs> there you go. We want to prove someone wrong, or or we want to show that we you know we we're better than you think, right? Right? You underestimate me, or it's like a revenge thing. It's okay. Not a clean energy, right? It's mm. okay, uh, and I it, found that it could it get works. you there, but it won't yes. be. It won't feel good. It won't feel good, and it, it's actually very destructive because you probably self explode or self sabotage to a degree. 
And I found that it works. And then later on, uh, can I be very transparent? Yeah. Okay, I'll be very transparent. When I set up to do YouTube, I looked at uh, Ty, Ty Lopez, I look at Grant, I look at a number of, of like influencers. I said, I want my followers to be bigger than them for YouTube. At the time, I had like, I don't know, 100,000, whatever, not, not as many. I said, I'm going to bypass them. I said, I'm going to bypass Gary Vee. I'm going to bypass this. That was my target. I'm just mm. being very transparent. Yeah. And guess what? Now, let's say, now I'd say my YouTube, my, 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 my past them. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. So freaking what? And how did it feel when you passed them with Nothing. the energy, with the Nothing. not clean energy of, uh, you know? I felt, first of all, nobody gives. <laughs> like, dude, they don't give a shit. I don't really care. I don't, like, I thought I care a lot. Once it's, oh, okay. Like, right. you maybe, oh, we did it. Okay, then what? So, that so way, who, yeah. who cares? And then I realized, actually, nobody cares. Your customers, your clients don't care. Your competitors probably don't even care. You kind of care a little bit, but by the time you hit it, you don't really care either. So the whole thing is just kind of a meaningless thing. So once, so once I get down, like this is just silly. Like why? Like why compare? Like it's great. If if anything, um, I was in Clubhouse and uh, Grant joined the call. But some people would see, oh, Grant and I are we competitors? I don't see that at all. I study Grant's materials, right? I, I, I buy the 10x growth recordings. I, I studied, I read his book, I love it. I bought probably, I don't know, 50, 60 copies of his book to give to people, right? So I, like, I don't see that at all. I admire what he's done to accumulate the social capital, convert it into real estate assets. Like this, no one's ever done, no one's ever done this before. This is, this is brilliant. I can learn something from that. I can learn something, look at what Ty is doing, what Gary Vee is doing, what all of them are doing. I'm like, I don't see that. And it's, it's like, hey, we all have our own paths and it's not like, it's all ego. Right? You have more subscribers, you have more downloads. You, but the truth is, your audience doesn't care. No one cares. It's just our own little ego cares a little bit. But when you do hit it, you, it, you don't care either. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and when we focus on what I've learned was the hard way, is when we focus on running our own race and becoming the best yes. version of ourselves That's and it. reaching That's our it. vision and our potential – we don't have to be constantly saying, well, how do I beat this person or that person? We're just becoming the best version that we can be with our goals. Yeah. And, and we will about- never be happy because you compare, you can always find someone who's higher. Yes. Much higher. So and there, then, and there's, no how, finish, how there's no finish line either. There's never a finish line. And so yeah. it, then it's not healthy. Then we don't enjoy the, the, the moment. Then it becomes very, that's why I say it's, it's a, a one kind of energy, but it's not very clean. It's not very sustainable. 
convert it into electricity, it's better, it's cleaner, and you'll be happier. And I, I learned that the hard way. Truly, I learned that the hard way. Me too, man. It took me 30. I mean, when I turned 30, I realized, wow, I'm, I'm doing this the wrong way. I was able to get results and accomplish goals, but never felt good inside because I was always doing it to prove people wrong or to, to compete or to and, be the and best. It, and the problem is because it works to a degree. It does. It's like this. It's like this. Like I know it's not clean energy, but it kind of works. I'm, I'm accomplishing stuff. I'm getting stuff done. But then long term, it, does, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I want to ask you about martial arts. I know it's a big part of your life. Oh, uh, yes. I love that. What would you say are the three biggest lessons you've learned from your entire martial arts journey, whether it be from your first lesson that you took as a, you know, a young, wow. young buck or wow. this wow. morning in the dojo? What's the great, yeah. three greatest lessons that you've learned? I, I mean, I, I, I love martial arts, and a lot of my business philosophies today, I learned it from martial arts. Bruce Lee, of course, I'm a huge, huge fan, fan of Bruce Lee. And I would say the three big things that I've learned, uh, if this is going to go deep, let's see if we can, we're going to go deep. Uh, I'll, go, I'll talk about the first one. So in first one, in, in martial art, in anyone that's learning a, 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 a style, like karate, taekwondo, boxing, whatever it might be, at first, we have to learn what they call the, the form. You've got to do the, you know, the forms, right? How you do the forms, how you do a punch properly. And that's great. But then after a while, we have to learn it, master it, and then we have to forget it. Because when you learn it, when you execute, when you're in a sparring and any kind of scenario, when you're using it, you can't be, oh, he's going to punch me this way, then I'm going to do this, and he's going to do this, and I'm going to do this. It doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't flow, right? So the first lesson is uh, flow, don't fight. How do we, how do we flow with, with the movement? And you don't come into the, any scenario predetermined. Oh, you're going to throw a kick, then I'm going to block, and then I'm going to hit this way. It's never going to be like that. It's just like in business. Oh, what is the blueprint? Well, there's no blueprint. Because it depends on how the marketplace will react to your offer, to what you do, the customer. This is, business is dynamic. By looking for a blueprint, you've already failed. Because by definition, it's about never-ending problem solving. Yeah, adaptability. Yeah. yeah, it's all about solving bigger and bigger, bigger problems. It's, there's a blueprint. So I think that would be number two, to flow, don't fight. And the second one is this. I learned from Bruce Lee. I'm going to say it in, in his quote. I'll do my best to, to, to rephrase it. He said this. Before I learned the art, a punch is just a punch. A kick is just a kick. After I learned the art, a punch is no longer a punch. A kick is no longer a kick. And now I truly understand the art. A punch is still just a punch. A kick is just a kick. So... <laughs> so, a punch is a punch and a kick is a kick? What did he say at the end? After I truly understand the art, a punch is still just a punch, a kick is still just a kick. Got it. So, what he's saying is that in the beginning when you, you don't know anything, you learn something, I don't know how to punch, now I know how to punch. And then you learn different ways. Oh, I didn't, like, if you don't know anything about martial art, you just, ah, I'm going to punch like, you know, sucker punch, right? But now, you know, you put your hand this way, you know how to jab, you know how to, how to uppercut, how to cross, how to hook, you know combination, right? You know how to bob and weave, you learn how to, how to kick, you know how to do all this stuff, right? But then once you learn so many things, just like in business, just like in life, 
you've got so many techniques, but then there's no attributes behind the techniques. Right? You and I can throw the same punch. We can throw a jab. Mike Tyson can throw a jab. Well, Mike Tyson's, Mike Tyson's jab is a lot more deadly. Still a jab, but the power, the speed behind the punch is completely different from all of us, normal people. So what Bruce was saying is, you learn all these techniques, but ultimately, how do you simplify what you do? So knowledge is daily increase, but wisdom is daily decrease. So how do you learn? You don't know nothing, you learn a lot, and then you narrow down to not knowing a whole lot. And now you know, a so you, from not knowing anything, now I know a hundred things, now I just need to know these five things that work. Mm. Simplify. Simplify. And simplif simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. That would be the second big lesson I learned mm -hmm. in martial arts. Mm -hmm. That it's like now when I close someone, before, many years ago, I would have, you know, 50 ways to close a sale. I have now one. <laughs> one line. What's that line? What would you like to do next? Mm. That's it. So before you learned every strategy and technique. Oh, and would you like it in blue and red, <laughs> like alternative clothes, puppy dog clothes, you name it, right? No, what would you like to do next? Mm. Now, it's very simple, very elegant. But then there's the stuff behind the stuff, right? So that simplicity, I, I love that. Like you could, on a closing call, you could take control with just the first line. I'll, I'll demonstrate. Can I demonstrate? Yeah, quickly? please. Yeah. So if you, instead of saying, Hey, how are you? That's, you know, how are you, sir? How are you? You know, mm. I teach, when I teach it, when I do this, I said, instead of doing that, a simple line is, what can I do for you? Now, it's a very simple line. But that simple line, I can deliver it with different tonality. So let me demonstrate. This is fun. This is going to be fun. So, so I'm going to do it in, I'm going to do it wrong. Then I'm going to do it the right. The first. I'm, let's do it in different. So first one. So imagine if you're on the phone, uh, I'm a closer, right? So you just, Louis, tell me like the, the feeling that you get from, from like just raw, just whatever comes to mind, okay? Okay. First one, first one. Hey, what can I do for you? Uh, desperate. Uh, desperate. Excited, desperate, Excited. Uh, passionate. Passionate. Um, uh, anxious a little bit. Yeah. Anxious, a little bit. Yeah. Salesman, yeah, very sleazy, sleazy, sleazy salesy, sleazy, sleazy, yeah. salesy, right? Okay, so second one. What can I do for you? Nervous, scared, unsure, uncertain. Uh, yeah, not believing okay. yourself. Not okay. Let's try the third one. What can I do for you? <laughs> not credible. Not credible. More like uh, I don't People know, happy, go, yeah, happy go lucky. But yeah. fake, a little bit fake, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit fake. Okay, fourth one, and I'll do the last one. Fourth one. Um, what can I do for you? Uh, not caring. Not caring. Don't care about the job. Don't want to be here. Don't want to be here, right? Yeah. Okay, last one. What can I do for you? Yeah. Certain, clear, Certain, clear. calm, trustful. Trusting, yeah. So it's one line. Yeah. It's the same punch. It's the attributes behind the punch. So mm. we're not talking about different closing lines or, or scripts or even how you close. I'm just talking just the opening. 
I have lost or made a sale with just one line. Wow. Right? Just with my tonality. I haven't talked about your needs. I haven't talked about budget. I haven't talked about anything. If I say, hey, what can I do for you? I've already lost a sale. I don't need to continue 45 minutes for the rest of the call. I've already, I've, it's finished. I'm, I've lost the deal. So just that's attributes. One simple line. Mm. So that's where the depth that comes in. It's a jab, but it's a Mike Tyson jab or just a regular <laughs> Joe jab. Right? This is, you know, it's, that's the difference. Uh, that's powerful. That's a good yeah. distinction. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and, and then the last one yep. would be for, so as Bruce Lee talks about that, and then I love his philosophy and his very famous, famous quote. He said, be water, my friend. Mm-hmm. Be water, my friend. It's about emptying the cup. And we notice in martial art that, and that's why I love Bruce Lee's martial art philosophy. It's the Jikun Do, that's his martial art style, means the weight of the intercepting fist. It is not about, hey, you have a Japanese karate style, Korean kicking style, or Thai boxing, or whatever. It is about learning these things, accumulation, and then strip away what doesn't work, what works for you, and then you combine that together. So it's not like I'm a judo guy, I'm a kickboxing guy. I'm, no, like I can kickbox, but I can also do judo. So it's like this, I am not a copywriter. I can do copywriting. Mm. I am not a YouTuber, but I know how YouTube works. I'm not a public speaker, but I could speak. So I see those as skill sets. It's not my identity. It's just a skill set that I have. And I can combine all those. Let's so you see about, how, yeah. how what I do, like martial arts fits into everything I do. Like that's... Absolutely. That's, yeah. Absolutely. I want to talk about identity for a second because I think this is a, a topic that can hold a lot of people back or it could propel them forward. Mm. How should we be thinking about our identity in terms of the words we use, the uh, attachments we have to a, uh, a self-identity, the things we do, um, or how should we be unattaching to identity? What's your philosophy about identity in general? I have an Instagram, one of my most popular Instagram uh, graphics, a cartoon. It's a, a picture of a person and then with a ching ball in the back, right? And it, the quote is, uh, most people don't become who they want to become because they're too hurt. You cannot become who you want to become because you're too attached to who you were. You're too attached to who you were from the past. And I think our identity changes with us, mm. right? So in the beginning, maybe you see yourself as an athlete. And then you see yourself as an entrepreneur. And then you see yourself as a, a podcaster. Mm-hmm. You see yourself as an influencer, as a celebrity influencer. Like I think it changes with us. Uh, the key is making sure that the identity actually serves us and it's who we want to be. Right? And I like the identity to be just a little bit, a couple steps ahead of who. It should be, make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Mm. What's, your current, what's your current identity? So you talk about branding or you're talking about my own personal Personal, business, a life, what would you, how would you identify if I said, hey, who are you? What do you do? What would your identity response be? I love that. I love that. So the the branding wise is king of closing. I want to, that's what, closing in person, in print, online, offline. That's what I focus. That's what people like to pitch and hold you. You need to give them something to pitch and hold you. Just like the school greatness, right? People need to pitch and hold you. Once they get to know you, they know you're much more than that. But they need something to, to grasp 
right? Yeah. To, 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 to kind of latch onto. Uh, in terms of self-identity is, is really the CEO of a, a, tech, a tech investment firm. That's how I see my identity. But I know the gap and I know, okay, what do I need to do to, to become that? So who I, how I see myself, which is very different from looking at just what I do now. You can see, right? What was the hardest, what was the identity that was the hardest to let go of at a period of your life? Whether it was, I don't know, copywriter to entrepreneur to single to married or, you know, no kids to kid. Like what's been the most challenging thing to let go of identity wise? Mm. For me, it was an athlete. Like that was my whole life. And then when it ended, I didn't, I was like, what do I do with the rest of my life? This is my life and now it's gone. Mm. And I had to learn to let it go and reinvent. Mm. 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 I would say it is from. I think it's from a marketer to CEO. Mm. That would, that's probably the most difficult. <sighs> yeah. Why was that challenging? Because it's, it's like, this is what I'm good at. Mm. This is what I've been doing my whole life. That's why you and, make and your this, money. Yeah, this is why I make money. This is what I know. right? And to transition that to being a CEO where you don't, actually, you don't want to be the best marketers for your company. You don't want to be the. the it's the hard to find creator. someone to replace you. Yeah, like how do I find someone? No one knows it, and and especially for us, it's our personal, personal brand. brand. Man, it's, it's even so harder. Hard. <laughs> no, who, who knows how to promote Lewis House better than Lewis House? Yeah, it's so hard, man. Right? Like, how do you do that? So I think transitioning that that was the most difficult. But I'm glad I made a transition. But you, that transition was hard, and I think I'm still transitioning. Not done yet. Not done yet, but it's better. We'll probably it's always hard. be marketers in a sense. Yeah. We'll always yes. be marketing, but maybe yes. we won't always be marketers. marketers. Yes, yes, exactly. It's like we'll yes. always be using marketing yes. to uh, you know, generate leads and sales, to build yes. something that we want to build, whatever it might be. It's our personal yes. brand, tech, software, anything. Yes. yes. Um, but it's man, tough. It's, it's a tough. good it's distinction. A yeah, that's because it's such a powerful skill. And then to to transition to leading to have other people perform those skills that you know maybe for you and I jump in it's easier it's I'm easier like, it's no I can't do that to scale so I know that, man that, that's so a struggle it's that's how do you remove yourself and empower marketers have an army of marketers an army of marketers and and, and we and the, the reality is we could only do so much mm-hmm. like I, we cannot do create content and then optimize the content and YouTube and Instagram and Clubhouse and, and pay ads and funnel so and, hard, and emails. And I mean, you know, you name it, right? It, it's too much. With it's, every, with 10 new social media apps coming out a year, it's, it's hard to be much. everywhere. It's too much. And then we don't want to miss out, right? We want to kind of be on it. But then every single one of those <laughs> things takes, takes bandwidth. Like it just takes time. And you still need to grow the business. And you still need to manage the team. And lead people and, yeah, and take care of your yeah. health and, you know. And you still want to be healthy and take care of your health <laughs> and exercise. And the relationship where you still want to spend time with your loved ones and your family. Oh, and, man. And it's this. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's crazy. But I did, I did learn something, though. A, a, a few months ago, I had my friend, uh, Brian Scudamore, from 1-800-GAT-JUNK CEO. He came to the studio. I asked him this question, and I think you'll love this. I said, Brian, talk to me, man. Talk to me. I, I want to know, right? So his company is now doing almost half a billion dollars a year in revenue. Half wow. a billion dollars. 
and I said, tell me the truth. Running a company is half a billion dollars, right? Come tell me like the, 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 what's it like? And he said on the interview, he said, Dan, running a, like a $500 million company, it's way easier than a $50 million company. Really? It's a running a $50 million company. It's way easier than a, you know, than 5 million. And 5 million is way easier than 500K. Wow. Because you're doing it all on your own at 500K. That's it. I said, I said no, at I I first I said, nah, there's no way. Like, I, it's almost like I don't, I'm a little bit skeptical. I'm like, I don't believe that. But t- tell me a little bit more. Show me your schedule. So he showed me his schedule. So, so go to the office how many days a week? Come on, tell me the truth, man. You sleep in the office? No, I go to the office one day a week. I said, what? One day a week. What happens to the other days? <laughs> well, you know, most days he works in Starbucks, right? Starbucks before the COVID. A few hours a day. He takes like three days, two to three days off a week. He takes a two months off a year. I'm like, what the heck? He said, yeah, because I've got the team. I've got the people. I've got everything that runs. I'm like, bingo. That... <sighs> It just that it, tells me. it probably took him decades to train the team and find a team and build the culture and the systems and processes. I mean, that's the work. He was saying, Dan, when I was doing a million dollars a year with one hundred got junk, it's him hauling the trucks and right. you know removing junk. He said, now it's like we do a million, couple million a day. I, I don't. I'm not doing that. nothing. Yeah, yeah. I'm but not he's, doing nothing. I'm not. And he's got a very strong integrator, like very strong mm-hmm. like president running the company. So he's like, he makes all the decisions. He just he does his visionary work, strategies. So we hang out here for half a day. He talks to me to me and then won't ask me about social media. It just he does his stuff. I mean, it's awesome. I learned from that. I'm like, okay, uh, like we that's that's a goal. That's a role model. So bigger is actually easier. They have more time off. It's not a hustle, hustle, hustle kind of thing. So that's what I learned. I hope that's useful. Yeah, it's good. What's a belief? And a thought that you have in your mind, maybe it's a little thought or a little, a little belief. It's not strong all the time, but maybe it's still there, a thought or a belief that holds you back. Mm. Again, maybe it's not like constantly in your mind always, but yeah, it's there. It's, it's still there. It still lingers. It still tries to hang out with you. Maybe it's a little bit of the uh, I'm not ready. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not ready. Not the I'm not good enough. I, I, I handled that a long time ago. It's mm-hmm. I'm not ready. Like, am I ready? Right now, we're looking at, at, a, at, a, at a tech deal, right? It's pretty sizable. I'm like, we could pull the trigger, but am I, am I ready to, to run that? Like, you know, because it's the tech. It's got a CTO, like, uh, you know, am I ready for that? Like to, to make that leap, right? It's like that, that's, that's, that would be the big one. I think that one is the one that's holding me back. Otherwise, I would have gone faster. When, when, do, when do you think you'll know you're ready? And when should people know when they're ready for anything in their life? I think, I don't think we'll be ready. Uh, one thing uh, that I do say that I, my mentor taught me is that, Dan, you'll never be ready. You just need to be comfortable. You just need to be comfortable enough to make the decision to pull the trigger. So I'm looking and I'm like, I don't think I'll be ready until I'm, I'm in it. Just like you won't know you can have a podcast with so many listeners until you kind of do it. Until yeah. you do your first show, your 10th 10, 10 episodes or 100th episodes, right? And it's like, oh, I can, I can do this. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Right? It's it's that. It's like now we are setting up the 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 um the on the investment side, like raising capital. Am I ready for that? Mm. How how would the world perceive that? What would that look like? Right now you're dealing with regulations and you know all that stuff that comes in comes with it, right? Am I ready for that? So I, I have I have that. I think that would be the one that's holding me back. And when you have a negative thought in your mind, whether it's that or just a limiting thought, let's say maybe it's not negative, but it's a limiting thought. How do you um, let it go? How do you not let it consume your mind and and really hold you back in that moment or in your life? Goes back to I, I need I need the, the the validations from the environment. So then when I feel that little bit of oh, am I ready? So then I would call the people like my mentors and all that. Do they have colleague advisors? They have done it, and they would be like, "Okay, why do you think you're not ready?" Well, you know, I, I don't. I'm not so sure about this. What about this piece is going to run this? Would the product after I, I buy it would would it tank? What if it's I don't I don't know. And if there's some technological stuff that I'm not aware of, I mean that that would be a big problem. Well, just have a CTO to fix up, do the due diligence. That they would kind of bear left brain and say, do this, do this, and this. Are you okay? Are you comfortable with it? I'm saying, I'll be more comfortable, right? <laughs> well, what if, what if you do the deal in a way that you, you do some down payment, but then you do an earn out, so you know the guy will stay for at least a year, year and a half. Would that give you more comfort? I said, yeah, that would give me more comfort. So they would teach me how to use techniques and business acumen to mm-hmm. make me more comfortable, right? Yeah. So it's that kind of thing, which I may, may not be aware of, or even I know, but then they would tell me, maybe you never thought about it in this way. Yeah. And that, that helps a lot. So that's how I need to do it. Like I'm not a guy that sits and then suddenly from not knowing or from no belief to belief, I, I need those micro things that move me forward. Mm. It, it's a li- as little as, I know it sounds so silly, like I talk about the investment fund. It's as little as, let me talk to a lawyer and start the paperwork. Like it's that. It's just doing like, it. Yeah, yeah let's just, let, let me do the first step, right? Forget getting all registered. Let, let me just, just do the paperwork first, the first mm-hmm. step of paperwork. Let's do a name search of the fund. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like little things. Let, let, me, let, me, let me talk to someone who's running a fund that's this size. What that, was that like? Like yeah. that little thing. I need to do those little things for myself. So small wins. Small wins. Just Going small, back to small like, wins. That I could do that. I won't hesitate to do that. And it's no big risk. Right. Let me buy the domain um, name. Let me get the Instagram yeah, let me, handle. Yeah, let, me, let, me let me get a, a lawyer. Let me get a logo going. Let me get a logo <laughs> yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that. It's that. <laughs> I'm curious. I know it sounds silly. I know it sounds silly. It works, no, though. It works, it works, yeah. I'm curious. Who was the most important figure in your life growing up, and what was the greatest lesson that they taught you? My mom. It would be my mom. There's no, 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 no comparison. No comparison. Uh, just because uh, my mom, single mom, uh, Really being here, sacrifice so much, raising a kid, who I was very rebellious, right? And being entrepreneurial, not wanting to go to school, not doing well in school, and say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I'm going to do this. And, and my mom is the furthest, like my personality and my mom is like the opposite. <laughs> she cannot believe I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, and she's because she's an introvert, uh, very kind, humble, uh, but that, that would be. From a personal perspective, yeah. you're talking about from a business perspective, uh, like business figure, Jack Ma. Mm. 
it will be Jack Ma. Yeah. I, see, I, one, you, one, of, one of my dreams, some, someday I can interview him on my yeah. show. Have you met him? No, I have not. I, would, yeah. I have not. He would be, he would be on, on top of my list. He's, Number one. He seems very inspiring. Some of the videos I've seen of him, he seems uh, yeah, I have so a many wise human ask. being. Yes. So, and so what was the greatest lesson your mom taught you then? My mom, my mom is someone that has no enemies in life. <laughs> like she is, like she would go to like buy groceries and she would get, she would be friends with everybody. Like everybody, see her name is May, right? English, May, hey, everybody would know her. Everybody likes her and like it's, there's something about that. And she has very life, like long-term, long-term friends and relationships. I'm like, yeah, that, that inspires mm. me. Because mm. sometimes in business, we're so focused on like, goals and all these you know, things we're going to accomplish and big things and build things. And we're like, mm, maybe we don't take the time to, to nurture the, the relationships. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that. I'm, I'm guilty of that, just as everybody else, right? And I think that I could do better in that. Like that she would be, she would be my role model. Mm -hmm. And... What's your advice for people that want to make money and want to build their business, but also have an intimate relationship, whether it's be married or not be married, but be with a partner uh, and thrive in life? What are some of the questions you should ask before getting in an intimate relationship in order to know if your financial success will happen or not? That's why you're the best. You ask the best questions. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Uh you will only be as successful as your spouse allows you to be. Ooh, tell me more. So if you are an entrepreneur, you better have that conversation day one. You better not, not like sugarcoat it. You better not. So one thing I, I, when I met my wife, my Jenny, so many years ago, right? We're now together 13 years, right? Uh, first month when we were dating, I said, Jenny, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm kind of a workaholic. I'm not a typical boyfriend. Like a lot of stuff that you think a boyfriend would do, I just won't do or I don't have time to do. This is my dream. This is my goal. I, I, I laid it all out like in a dinner table. But I said, what's your goal? What are your dreams? And at the time she told me I wanted to go to Disney. I, wanted, I made a whole list. I said, baby, these are all your dreams. I promise you I'm going to make all of them come true. That's my close. <laughs> I'm gonna make every single one. I take care of your dad. Take care of your family. Your, I, I'm gonna do all that for you, right? But at the same time, knowing a lot of stuff, I'm just I cannot do, or I, I'm I'm not good with that. Are you okay with that? I'm not a typical boyfriend or husband, mm. right? Uh, and Jenny did a little uh, just a couple months ago uh, at, a, at a virtual event we did for my students. She was roasting me in a funny way. She's like, "Yeah, I'm like not romantic." I forget her birthday, I forget anniversary. <laughs> I like, it's just like that kind of stuff, but it's better to communicate that upfront because you cannot have a spouse that is not 100% on board. They, mm. would destroy, they would destroy your progress, you would self-sabotage. Imagine, you're doing your thing, hey, I'm growing a business, right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm building something. Well, you don't care, how come you don't spend as much time with me? How come you're on the computer all the time? Or how come? It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. you know, why, why, why do we need so much? I'm imagine, imagine you have a spouse saying, oh, Louis, it's okay. You already have a lot down on this. So you don't need to grow. It's okay. I'm happy. I don't need more. Don't get more from me. You're like, 
That's not helping. That's not helping me, honey. This right. is not helping <laughs> at all. Like, I'm going through a lot of shit. Yeah. Like, don't be telling me that. It doesn't help me, right? So, if the spouse is not 100% on board, it's just not going to work. Yeah. It's just hard. It's just, this is hard. This, this is not a 9 to this 5. This is hard, man. This is not 9 to 5 of, oh, you know, we get off work Friday, let's have a drink, and Saturday, like, I don't even think about what I do, no. What's, a, what's a weekend? What's a weekend? Yeah, like, 24-7, <laughs> man. It's 20, like, we don't, is it Sunday? Is it Monday? We, who, who cares? I don't know what days are, yeah. Who cares? Like, no one, no, and no one, the marketplace doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So, the spouse, be upfront, tell them, better than sugarcoat it, and then later on, they find out the expectations are not the same. And if you, and if you want a lot of money, like, I mean, if you want to have wealth and your spouse has negative association with money or they don't like money or they don't want a lot of money, you got a problem. You will have a big problem because this would, I've seen it again and again. What are a couple of questions you should uh, ask the other person um, when you're, you know, getting ready for commitment and whether it be together as a boyfriend, girlfriend, or just... Yeah. Uh, marriage, what are two or three questions you should ask to make sure you know financially uh, this is the right thing? I don't know what, what is the perfect question. Here's what I asked. Yeah. <laughs> Just what I asked. I said, what's your ideal life? What would the ideal life look like? And, and, if, her, and if she said, my ideal life is my husband being home half the time and gotta, being around gonna, and you know, coming back at four o'clock every day a little early. And to I want care. you to disconnect and just spend time with the kids and don't Okay, that's just not gonna work. Yeah, it's not gonna work, right? Um, I also asked, "What's your ideal like husband? Like, what what would you expect from a perfect ideal husband, right? All that." And then I also asked her, "What's your we call that your 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 landmine? What's something that I won't go there and I won't touch?" And she knows mine, and I know Jenny's, and that's mm. why we never go there. Like, there's certain things where you will never say that, and she will tell me, "Never say that to me." Mm. You go there, we're done. Like it's it's going to be bad. So I never say certain things. Ever, we can be arguing. We could be. We don't. You just never go there. And that's why we don't argue, because we know it. We that's your that's the minefield. That's my line. We, we don't touch it. <laughs> we just don't go. Like example, like you know, example. I, I know a friend of mine. His thing is with a spouse. He hates when the spouse walks away. Mm. Like because woman's like I don't want to argue. I just I don't want to talk. His thing is like when that happens, he just he he flips, explodes, yeah. He just explodes, but she just doesn't want to be. She just wants some distance, but he just explodes. Mm. So when they communicate, it's like don't ever do that. Then she doesn't do it, and they're okay. What's the what's the thing you appreciate about her the most in your life? Being such a supportive wife, because I am to me, I'm 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 not a good husband as far as I'm concerned. Quite frankly, like it's just. Uh, Valentine's Day. <laughs> Recently. Okay. Yeah. Nothing. No flowers. Nothing. I don't. It's, we were driving. It's like, oh, I see flowers. What's it? Oh, that's it? Oh, February 24th? Oh, happy Valentine's Day. Oh, happy. Okay. Like, she doesn't get mad. She's like, like that to me, it's, I really appreciate it. Mm. I'm, I'm just not good with those things. It's not. But our relationship is great because she understands. Like, I show my love and care in a different way. Mm-hmm. In a different way. Not the... Because my mind is occupied so much with other things. 
that I'm just I don't spend time with with I don't start spend time thinking about those things. Mm-hmm. But I, that's I think one thing I've and she, we actually we work in a business together, so we're twenty four seven together all the time. Like uh. ten, so we see each other, we live together, we work together twenty four seven for like I don't know how many years now, right? And we don't we good like we don't get tired yeah. of each other. We that's good, <laughs> you know. So so that's. I'm great. You're 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 both other. aligned. You're both aligned yeah. with the expectations. Yeah, yeah, like I don't need to. Oh, I need to get away from from my spouse. I need to get away from like I. I we don't have that. Mm. Don't and have when that. and when do you feel the most loved in your life? When, because you know the five love language. You know the 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 was affirmations, gifts, touch, yeah, gifts, service. Uh, so so service. Mine is service. Money, service, active service. Mm-hmm. So that that's when I feel most love. So when she's supportive, when she's helping me and, and that, and then I, I feel feel love. In the last year, through it's really been a year now since the pandemic started. Um, yes. When was your heart the biggest? When did you feel the most warmth, the most love, the most intensity of like your heart expanding the most? When. It would be when I made a decision to uh, let go of some of the people on the team, and the existing team members was very supportive because I thought it would disrupt the, the company a lot. Mm. You think about like the morale, the spirit, what that is like, and then like, we're talking maybe forty percent of people. Well, you let them go. Yeah, that's a big cut right and to be able to to do that and then finding the team actually more united better connection happier and just like yeah that that that's just that warms me up like it's it's incredible because 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 with what we do we spend I spend more time with my team than with my family because in business all the time so so we're very close, and to be able to to see that, and and they, because they could easily be, oh yeah, you know, now I'm just, I'm now de- demotivated, I'm this, and like they they could go very wrong, right? But not one person, I mean, like not one person did that. That was that was that was just incredible. That motivates me even more, and say, okay, we, we got to grow, because I could grow, so I could be able to uh, reward them even better. And what's one thing that you're proud of that most people don't know about you? Maybe it's not public information or it's not talked about that much. One thing I'm most proud of. I'm trying to think. It's not in your bio. It's not in your about me page. It's, it's a... I think some people know this, but the, the proudest moment would be, now I share with you at 17, my, my, my mom and dad got divorced, right? So then, seven sixteen, and then my dad went bankrupt at seventeen. So he stopped sending us money at seventeen years old when I was seventeen. My mom has never worked a day in her life, so like we were living off of whatever little savings that we had, mm-hmm. and that's how I got into business because I wanted to make money, right? Uh-huh. And I had a lot of resentment towards my dad at that time. Actually, I didn't talk to him for a few years. For a few, I didn't even talk to him. He would send me faxes fax machine and I'll never reply because mm. I, I was I was pissed off basically like 
why did you why why you divorce my mom and you don't send us money? What's wrong with you, right? Right? Like, I, I, at the time I didn't know what he was going through. Now I know, mm-hmm. but at the time I was very I was I was seventeen years old, sure, teenager, right? And afterwards, I talked to my dad again, and, and many years later, and I was making more money. So there was this. We're talking many many years later. I'm like way ten years later, more than that. Um, and I know my dad was struggling financially. So I was in Hong Kong. I remember I talked to him. So now we're okay. Like we, 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 he saw me. He was like hugging me and kissing me. And by the way, my dad never kissed and hugged anybody. Like he's kind of an Asian <laughs> father. Like, sure. Very, yeah, like, but he was hugging me, kissing me, crying. I'm like, what the hell is going on, right? So Was that um, the first anyway, time you've seen him in a long time? or uh, Many, many years. Wow. His hair is like great. Like he's like many, many years. And I took him to, uh, in Hong Kong, we were walking, right? And I said, hey, there. I said, Dad, I mean, you see that window there? I said, I said, I said yeah, yeah. So I said, I said, window there, right? I said, you see that, that, that right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I, I pulled out a set of keys from my, from my pocket. I said, Dad, that's your unit. Wow. I put on his, well, I put on his hands. And I never forget the look. He first, first, it was shocked, but he was. Like just speechless. Wow. Because think about that. He wasn't supporting me. You know, he made some mistakes. And now going back. And now it's like to him, I'm I'm guessing, but it's like, don't worry, your son is fine. I take care of mom, I'll take care of you, don't worry. And then my dad, all, all he did, I still remember, he was right here. He put his hand on my shoulders, right? He's on my shoulders like this. He said, looking, he says, look at me, he's like. Let's get lunch. <laughs> That's all I need to see. Mm. And there was, and a few years later, then you know, fortunately, he passed away. Mm. But that that was a very special moment that we had. I never forget that. Wow. That was the proudest thing, more than anything I've ever done. Wow. Any doesn't matter all the none none of that. That was. That, That's that beautiful. Was That's that beautiful. You gave me chills just hearing that. That's beautiful, man. What's the one thing or one question you wish more people would ask you that they don't ask you? It's not so much a question. I'm trying to think. Is I I would wish more people would get to know not get to know me more is how should I describe that it's a, it's, it's, it makes me reflect that's why I'm taking the time mm, yeah, well, it's, it, it, it's, it's the I wish people would see beyond and, and actually get to know me more right doesn't matter if the content doesn't matter what it is it's I think I don't know what is a question, but it's I wish more people would know that. What do you wish people would get to know more about you beyond what they see online? That I'm a teacher at heart. Oh. That I'm a teacher at heart. That that's my my passion. My passion, and we talk about this is accomplishment. But I think at the end of the day, I'm a teacher at heart. Mm. That, that's that's my my passion, and that's what I want to do. That's my 
purpose, right? Doesn't matter how big my company gets, I still want to allocate part of my time teaching. Yeah, like just that that would be it. And if they would be, if they are, they need help and they're willing to learn, and they, I just I wish they could see that they could, you know, mm. doesn't matter. It's closing and skills doesn't matter, but there's something because I could see what I've done for so many. There's something that I saw. Maybe something I could do. I don't see a lot of people could do. That's a little bit different. That's a little bit different. Um, a lot of my students they call me Sifu because Sifu is a like sensei in in Japanese martial art. Sifu is like the mentor in martial art term, right? In Asian martial art. So they all call me Sifu. So it's like mentor, and and I take that word very seriously. Mm. So I wish more people could see that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I'm learning a lot from you, man. I appreciate you sharing, and uh, I've got a lot appreciate to I've got a lot to learn from you for many, many years. So I'll be I'll be learning whatever you share. You, man. It's 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 mentor learning from mentor, man. Of it's, course, it's, man. Yeah, and hopefully we can hang more soon in person, and and uh, can pick your brain more. Absolutely. Um, just a, cu- a couple questions left for you uh, before I ask, before I ask them. I want to make sure people check you out on social media. I mean, you're everywhere. Millions and millions of followers, Dan Locke, uh, or Dan Locke official on different platforms, uh, YouTube, millions of followers, Instagram, Facebook, all that. So I want people to follow you. You also have a, uh, a what is it, thesmartchallenge.com. Create your personalized roadmap to an unbreakable business in five days or less. I'm assuming it's a, a free challenge that people can go through uh, for five days. Yeah, so, you, so, it, you share more? Yeah, so, so the Smart Challenge, uh, we do this live uh, two to three. We just finished one. We do this two, maybe two to three times a year which is a five-day, uh, I take them through everything that kind of what I am doing to be more recession-proof and pandemic-proof, mm-hmm. right? Because it's one thing to be recession-proof, it's a whole other thing to be pandemic-proof. So I walk through the business model, how I do social media. Basically, it's this. In the five days, I teach how do you use social media, combine it with a scalable business model, and how do you scale with a remote team? Mm. That's what that five days is about, right? I love it. Uh, and it's it's like uh, I think it's 40, 50 bucks for the five, for the challenge. So not free challenge, but fifty gotcha. bucks to get it live. And every single time we do it, we get huge, huge response. Right? Awesome. Just just love it. There you go. TheSmartChallenge.com for that uh, to help you uh, for your business in the future and now in recession or pandemic or any time to really just become more bulletproof, really as a as a business. Um, and how else can we support you before I ask the final two questions? I would say is if there's anyone listening to this, if they're entrepreneurs, if they're in the tech space, if they they need a they need they're looking for capital and looking for partners, um, that's what we're growing. That's the space that we in. So if they're software founders, if they feel that mm-hmm. there's some the same synergy, just contact us. I'd love to hear from them. Yeah, and do you know Dan Martell? Yes. Should you know he's he's in the SaaS world i'm not sure if that's part of the tech SaaS world you're looking at or more it is tech. it is it is yeah. uh, uh, dan actually coaches me on uh, two of my SaaS. oh there you go he's yeah. a smart guy so yes um but if you're in the tech world uh reach out to you so mm-hmm. i'll have people do that for sure uh okay this is a question i ask everyone at the end it's called the three truths so i'd like you to imagine a hypothetical situation that it's your last day on earth many many years away you get to live as long as you want but eventually you got to turn the lights off dan and you have created and accomplished everything. Business, relationships, life, everything you've ever want to put out and make, it's happened. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, <laughs> hypothetically, you've got to take it all with you to the next place. 
You got to take this interview, your books, your content, your courses, the businesses that go with you. So no one has access to this information anymore or any of your written word or audio or video. Um, but you get a piece of paper and a pen. You get to write down on the last day of the three biggest lessons that you would share with the world, or what I like to call three truths. What would you say would be those uh, if you could only share three things? Wow, that's a that's a deep one. Wow. <laughs> it makes me reflect my whole life. My mind is like spinning. Yeah. Wow. That's a good question. That's a, I, I got to learn from that. That's a, such a good question. As an interviewer, holy shit. Um, so I can only write down on a piece of paper to communicate to the next To the life. world. This is all the they would have left to rem- rem- reminded by you as your you're a teacher at heart. So what would you share with the world? These three truths, three lessons. And this is it. They don't get anything else. Oh, it's not this difficult. Okay, so the the first one would be the first one would be You are not your business. Yeah, I would say you are not your business. Okay, that's the first one. Uh, what does that mean? Meaning that business is, is an entity that gets you from point A to point B. That it shouldn't be too attached to it. That you 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 build it, you leverage it, you 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 work within it, but it's not you. You're not your business. Okay, that's number one. Number two. Yeah, no, um, seek fulfillment, not accomplishment. Because mm. that would be the biggest mistake that I made early, probably in the first 30 years, like when I hit 30 years old. Yeah, seek fulfillment, not, not achievement. Yeah. The third? Uh, and the third would be Act as if there's no limit to your abilities. Act as if there's no limit to your abilities. That's what I could come up with today, but maybe when I'm 10 years older, <laughs> something different. But my yeah. current state of mind. Of course. Of course. Say, Those are powerful, man. I appreciate that. Well, Dan, I want to acknowledge you for a moment because uh, it's been fun to watch your journey over the years continue to evolve and transition and your identity and reinvent and serve people. Obviously, you're a business, uh, successful business leader, but you're in service of helping others in your business, which I think is the greatest business to have is when you're helping people, teaching people, giving them tools, skills to improve the quality of their life. And I want to acknowledge you for being a renaissance man. I love meeting people that are interested in other things than just the main thing. You're interested in martial arts. You're interested in in other areas of life. And I appreciate the qualities of learning different disciplines and acknowledge you for being a master than more than one thing uh, and focusing than more than just business and money. And uh, and also for your 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 joy. I think um, when we think of business leaders at times, we can think of these joyless driven to succeed, money-hungry types. Yeah, yeah, corporate leaders with no soul. But, you know, we've connected a few times in person and obviously online, and you you bring joy. And, uh, you know, even with the suit buttoned up and clean and sharp-looking, you can still bring the joy and the humor and the the inner child out, which I really appreciate and acknowledge. So I want to share that with you and acknowledge you. And uh, 
My Can final I just say that, Louis, sure. I also want to say that you, you are an inspiration to me. You may may not know, but even so many years ago, I listened to your podcast, like you inspire me. And it's, it's vice versa, the respect, seeing you grow, seeing, I, I think I would resonate and understand you more because I could see the, the, what you've gone through, the brand and, and the identity and, and everything that you've gone through. So you, it's, this is not because I'm on your show. I'm just saying, I just want to acknowledge that, like, to be able to do that mm. uh, from an, and how many athletes want to trans, transition to entrepreneurs can do it well. Very few. I appreciate very it, man. Few, Thank you. Few. So, so I Thank just want to say. You know, I appreciate it, man. I mean, uh, brings the greatness within me as well. So you inspire me. Of course, man. Well, I'm excited to do more stuff together and uh, yes. continue building the friendship, man. I'm appreciative. 100%. Um, final question. What's your definition of greatness? to become more than you thought you could be. There it is. Dan Locke, my man. Thank you so much for thank being you. here. Appreciate Love it, brother. You, Love thank you too, you. man. My friend, thank you so much for being here, for listening to this episode, for gaining value. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it was powerful for you in your life right now. Is there one thing that you found interesting that you could apply, that you could use to improve the quality of your life? If so, start taking action on that right now and post a review over on Apple Podcast. Let me know what part of this episode was the most valuable for you. Post a rating and review on Apple Podcast and click the subscribe button right now to stay up to date from the latest and greatest on the School of Greatness with some of the world's most fascinating human beings to help you unlock your inner greatness. As well, if you want to get on my secret texting list, my community of people that are getting updates, weekly inspirational messages, motivation, and behind-the-scenes content, then text the word PODCAST right now to 614-350-3960 to get on my community texting list. And I want to leave you with this quote from Ellen DeGeneres who says, I say always follow your passion no matter what because even if it's not the same financial success, it'll lead you to the money that'll make you the happiest. Who? It's always fun when you can make money doing something you love. And typically when you love something and have passion and enthusiasm for it, you find ways to add more value to that thing and ultimately you'll end up making more money down the road. I want to remind you today, if no one's told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.